and welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you are a new listener. How y'all doing? How are things going? I'm doing pretty well. I'm not that shabby or not too shabby, I guess is the way to say that. I am working on a ton of super top secret projects, but in reality, I'm working on my one-on-one program outline that I've been wanting to do for months now, and I can't wait to share it all with you guys. I'm super ecstatic about it. So more details to come in the future. Be prepared. Be on the lookout. But let's talk about the episode today. Okay, so today's episode is with Amanda Setti. She is a fitness trainer, an online fitness trainer, so you can work with her from wherever you are. She, I don't know if she does one-on-one in person. I don't believe so. I'm pretty positive it's just online training, but you can work with her. You know, if you're in California, you can work with her. If you're in Michigan, you can work with her. So that's who the episode is with today. I met Amanda through Twitter. I followed her a few years ago. And then last year she was promoting her boot camp. It was a group workout fitness training program. And I really wanted to get serious about my fitness journey because I haven't had the best relationship with exercise. I was born with an underdeveloped lung. I have asthma And a lot of the workouts that everyone wanted me to do were too hard for me or, you know, I would play sports as a kid, but I couldn't do too much because I was always out of breath. So when I joined this boot camp with her, it really helped me know that I can push myself and I can work on myself and love exercising and it doesn't have to be super hard. And if it gets too hard on me, you know, too hard on my lungs, too hard on my heart, I can't stop. So Joining her boot camp really transformed my relationship with wanting to exercise and just exercise in general. Amanda, like I said, is a fitness trainer, but she is also a hardcore body and self-confidence and acceptance advocate. I absolutely love some of the things that she says and comes up with. She really supports women loving their own bodies, loving them for who they are. And we talk all about that in today's episode. We talk about her fitness journey, her realizing she wanted to become a fitness trainer. We talk about body confidence, self-confidence, body acceptance, self-acceptance. Legit, so much is covered as well as like societal norms and how women are treated differently and how they have higher expectations on themselves, you know, through media and the messages we get in media. So this episode is so great. I can't rave about it enough. We uncover so much and I learned so much too. So before we get started, we're going to do the regular two questions. So today I am grateful for listening to my body. So yesterday I did an the class workout and in episode 13, Daria mentions the class and I've also mentioned it on my IG story a few times, but the class is such like a spiritual workout for me. I really love it. But yesterday I did that and today my legs were really, really sore. So instead of pushing myself to do another long workout, I did a 25 minute deep hip stretch and it felt so good. And then I really, I have been craving like sweating lately. Like I want to sweat every day. I want to move my body. So I did a 15 minute arms and abs Pilates workout with Melissa Wood Health. And I'm grateful for the fact that I did listen to my body and I didn't push it too hard because I probably wouldn't be so energized right now. And then I put myself first today 
by getting through my morning routine. So the prompts, the movement, the meditation, you know, making breakfast, getting ready and actually starting my workday around 11 a.m., which has been my goal for so long. I've been wanting to start my workday around 11 a.m. And recently I've been doing it between like 12 and like 12.30. So I'm really, really pumped about that. Super happy that I started at 11 a.m. And I already got a bit of work done and it's only been an hour. So I'm really feeling it today. I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling pumped. So enough of me rambling, enough of me chatting, talking, you know, talking your ear off. Let's get into today's episode with Amanda. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So today I have Amanda Seti here. How are you, Amanda? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. No, there's not too much going on. Just, you know, home. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast. So thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited. Yeah, no problem. I'm super pumped about this all. So I have some intro questions just to like get us comfortable chit-chatting. So what is something you're grateful for today? I am grateful for warmer weather because the cold weather is not very good for me mentally. Where are you? New Jersey. See, I'm in like Northern New Hampshire and it's still cold and raining here and it's supposed to like snow later this week. Snow or like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it is up here. (laughs) I'm Mm. literally like 90 miles from Canada. I know it. It stinks, but I'm just rolling with it at this point. It was sunny Saturday and the rest of the week is supposed to be just crummy. So I'm I'm never going to complain about 50 degrees ever again, knowing it's going to snow there for you. No, no. That's like my spring temperature, like 50s and 60s. Everyone's in t-shirts, shorts, and they're like, Mm -hmm. this is the best. And then how have you put yourself first today? I exercised today and I got all my work done before giving into wanting to play Animal Crossing. I was like, we're going to put me first and just be productive before we have fun. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Uh, how is Animal Crossing? It is so good. It is so addicting also. Like I have to literally make sure, I have to like parent myself. Like, all right, get work done first and you can play. I could I could play all day. It's so good. It's I used relaxing. to play Animal Crossing on the DS and I've been thinking about getting a Switch, but I've resisted it. I've been like, it's okay. You're going to go down a wormhole if you I'm get it. bad influence you because it's very worth it. <laughs> get one <laughs> it is yeah my boyfriend's been like you should you should get it we should get it we should play and I'm like I don't know because I'll go down a wormhole and I won't get out from it <laughs> it's worth it the wormhole is very fun you can come join us down here okay I probably will get it now <laughs> good let me know I'll, we'll, we'll visit each other's islands so what's your favorite form of self-care Probably exercise as like cliche and predictable as that answer is <laughs> well no yeah that makes sense I had a, a meditation advisor I would say she came on the podcast and she said meditation and I was like that makes sense (laughs) yes that was maybe a predictable answer but it makes sense (laughs) yeah and then what is your go-to dinner of choice anything with pasta like cashew alfredo with some good uh chickpea pasta and then vegetables I could have that every day I'd love that pasta is like I don't know I eat it and I Mm. am like the happiest person in the entire world it's the carbs just boosting that serotonin that we all desperately are chasing. It's always in pasta. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's the biggest comfort food. So mm-hmm. what's a hobby or interest that you have that's opposite of your job? Hmm. 
I was, I've been thinking about this because I don't, I, I, maybe Animal Crossing. So I feel like that's playing video games is like the opposite of being a person because you're sitting there. And I've been playing a lot of that lately. So I'm getting really good at island design. I'm gonna, I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, that is completely opposite than, you know, like fitness and working out. I mean, I like the Sims, I like other video games too. So maybe that's it. No, I don't think anyone knows that about me. <laughs> do you, what other video games do you play? I play The Sims, like Mario Kart, Mario Party, those kind of games. I used to play Call of Duty, but I stopped playing it for so long. And now my husband's like, I don't want you to mess up my score. So I don't play that. <laughs> Have you ever played Fortnite? No. Okay. It's I've always played intimidated it. me. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Dude, I've played Fortnite and I, I'm so bad at it, but I, <laughs> I've gone to top three. I figured I would be I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I've gone to top three because I like run around and I avoid people and then I get stuck in the situation where I have no choice but to try to like save my life and Interact then I die. People. Yeah. <laughs> what is that like camping? Is that what they call it? I don't know. Oh, probably. I don't know. Whenever I'm on you, team. like hide from people and then. Yeah. I've been on a team with like my boyfriend and two friends and I'm like, I'm like the last survivor sometimes and they're all relying on me and I'm like, dude, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know, like, how I don't know I'm, what I'm doing here. Yeah, for real. I'll stick to the Sims and Animal Crossing. It's a bit safer. Then how have you stepped outside of your comfort zone recently? Running. I hate running, but with the gym clothes, I can't, I don't, I can't like, I don't really love body weight hit workouts. I just kind of like get bored of them really quickly and I miss the Stairmaster so much and no cardio that I can do at home gets me that winded aside from running. So that's kind of like me going out my comfort zone, sprinting and running and doing something I am used to not be totally comfortable with. I'm just doing it, running outside and going for it. Yeah, totally. No, I, when I was going to the gym, the Stairmaster, I didn't use a Stairmaster until I joined your program and then I used the Stairmaster and I was like, oh my gosh. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's so intense. And I didn't think it was going to be like that intense. And I was like, oh, this is a whole new world. (laughs) Yeah. It's an entire new ball game. And I miss that winded feeling as crazy. Like that would get me so winded and I miss it. And the only thing that makes me feel that way is running despite that I don't love it. I feel, I like that winded feeling. Yeah. I don't know if I like that feeling. It's probably because I have asthma and that's probably why I don't like that that feeling. Yeah, I know. That might be make a difference. (laughs) And then what is your favorite aspect about yourself and why? I like the fact that I don't care what anyone thinks about me because I worked really hard to get there and it makes what I do in life in general just a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. I do want to talk to you about that later because I mean me, myself, but I know so many like women around me that care about what everyone thinks about them and then it stops them from doing yeah and it stops you from like wanting to do what you want to do for yourself Mm -hmm. because you're too worried about what someone else's opinion is about you in reality like it doesn't matter no they're not paying your bills they're not like living your life they're just looking at you from their own perception yeah it's effed up like fucked up man (laughs) I was just like can we swear yeah yeah okay that's fine good to know so how about you introduce yourself? Tell me, tell the audience about who you are and what you do. So my name is Amanda Setti, but also known as Sassy Sunflower online. That's kind of the little brand name that started as a joke, but now just has become like my little brand thing. Um, I'm an online personal trainer. I make workout guides. I train people online and I get, I guess I, you could call me a social media influencer. I hate that word. because I feel like it's so overused and like comes with this bad connotation, but it's really, I guess the only thing 
that can logically describe what I do. <laughs> yeah. I think it just has a bad rep and it, it doesn't need to have a bad rep. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I think like the influencer part makes people uncomfortable, but like, you're an influencer. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know any other word to describe yeah. what like internet personality, like that maybe, I don't know. I guess that could be similar, but could be different. I don't know. So what's your story? How did you get to where you are today? You can talk about like childhood, high school, whatever you want to do that made you into like who you are now. Okay. Where do we begin here? So I've always been someone who's like, this, this will be important later. I don't like being told what to do. I've always had like an issue with like someone trying to tell me how to live my life. Very Taurus of me. I'm a Taurus son. So I'm very like bullheaded. Yeah. So so I don't like being told what to do. So I never liked being told to do, I always like doing things my own way. So I never really, like I went to college, but I didn't really want to. It was just kind of like one of those things I felt like I had to at that time, but I've always been very much like I'm following my own path. So I went to college, changed my major like a bunch of different times. I ended up settling with marketing. Didn't love it, but I was like, well, this gives me an option to do kind of whatever I want, which is very much who I am. I want to be able to do what I want. So like, I'll go with something broad and then narrow this down later when I figure it out. And I worked when, um, it was in one class. I had like a social media marketing class and our final project, we got assigned an actual organization and we had to come up with a social media plan for them. And the one that my group got assigned to was a nonprofit arts organization. They were really nice. I still, to this day, adore them. They're really cool, but we did the, uh, the project and they really, really enjoyed it. But I don't know why they didn't choose anybody else because there was, I want to say three other girls in the group and they chose me and pulled me aside and was like, we want you to work for us. Like, I guess he's like, the guy told me he liked the way that I like presented. I did a lot of the talking and I had, that was when I kind of started building my social media platform. It was like my last year of college. And I got so much hate when I first started building my social media platform. Really? I started yeah, I started from nothing. I, you know, I was just, you know, a regular person. From like people you know, like my sorority sisters. <laughs> oh wow, that's so intense. Like sub tweets, like not just them, but I mean, it was just a multitude of like people just basically assuming I was trying to get attention, which wasn't the case. Like no one can see the long term picture besides me. So I already had some experience with social media, just like experimenting with myself. So maybe that that shined through in the group project. That's why he approached me. But I ended up working with him remotely because I moved to New Jersey after. I'm from Connecticut. And they were too. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. We'll revisit that in a second. Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't want to lose my train of thought. I was going somewhere with all of this. No, you so got it. I was working for them remotely, basically part-time. They, they weren't paying me too much, but it was something to kind of get my feet wet, get put some something on the resume. Because at that time, I figured I was going to do marketing for somebody else. And I worked for them for about a year and a half. And then they decided to cut back my hours and cut back my pay. And I was making like, literally like nothing. Like it was not good. So I applied to literally like 30 different marketing jobs. And I heard, I got one rejection email and I heard, didn't hear anything back from the rest of them. And I felt so defeated. I was like, I would have too. Yeah. I was like, well now what? But I still had my social media platform. And this time it was like, I had like less than 10 K on Twitter. Like it was like very like low key, but still, I was still working on it. Cause I knew eventually I was going to want to use it for something. So I was just kind of like, well, is this the universe telling me that I should just take this leap and do what I want to do? I was already into fitness at that time. i had lost a bunch of weight. So I was like super into it. It It's always something I liked. 
So I was like, well, I guess I'll just take this risk. So I stopped applying to jobs and I got started my certification process to become a personal trainer. I was like, we're just, we're just full send. We're going to do this. And the second that I made that decision, that's when my social media was like blew up. That's when stuff started uh, to like yeah. get crazy. That's that started how going it works. Time. So once I took that step into like, I guess my path or what I was supposed to do, that's what everything just fell into place. Like I said, I started to go viral more. I got more, my platform grew bigger and bigger and it just turned into this thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I actually can do this now. And that was two years ago. So we've been going pretty strong since then. Yeah. And you were very much like in alignment for that to happen. I realized that the more that talking about it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like very much like when you put yourself on your path and you follow like what you want to do, everything starts like lining up. It just clicks. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. It just clicked. Like I was going viral like twice a week and like it was, and when it first happens, like it's, it's like, sounds probably so like pretentious of me to say like, oh, I'm used to it now. But like when it happened for the first time, it blew my fucking mind. Like, oh yeah. This, I was like, this is happening. Like it's, it's like very surreal when it happens for the first time. And especially when you, you're like, there's a goal attached to it. Like using social media for fun versus using it because you want to create a business. Like it's too It's so different. Yeah. So like going viral when you're trying to use it as a business, you're like, like, holy shit, like this, it's working. Like this is what I need to be doing. So it was crazy. Yeah. And it's like your first, I want to say like your first like pat on your back to yourself. You're like, yes. <laughs> like, I, I made them a little funny. Like, all right, cool. Like people, people are vibing with me here. Yeah. So back to fitness for a second. So how did you know that you wanted to take a certification for fitness? Because fitness totally changed how I viewed myself and my life in general. Like when I got to college, I mean, when I was in high school, I was never like overweight, underweight. I was just kind of like average. But in college, I started dating my now husband, but then he was my boyfriend. And you know, the typical, like you get comfortable, you eat, start eating like that happy relationship way yeah. times 10, because he has, he can eat whatever he wants and like, doesn't gain anything. So he was like, I was eating, trying to pace with him and it caught up to me and didn't even touch him. I've experienced that before. It was, it was very, cause I never was like, I never overly loved myself. I mean, I was confident. Like I said, I never really cared what people thought about me, which translated to confidence, I guess sometimes, but it was just more of like, I literally don't care. But at that point I was like the lowest I ever felt mentally and getting into fitness, not just losing the weight, but just like it, fitness in general just transformed me physically and mentally. So I was like, I want to do this for other people, not just weight loss, but the mental thing too. And how was the certification program? Like, how long was it? Um, I did the self-study program from NASM. It, it was, I mean, the, some of it was kind of hard. Like, some, I kind of wish I paid attention in anatomy classes more in high school because that's, that part of it was really, like, difficult for me. But it was, I mean, it was worth it. I felt like I learned so much and I felt like it really set me up to be a good trainer. Yeah. So what has like your entire fitness journey been like from when you were kind of starting to incorporate fitness more in your life, even if it can be a guy at a younger age into like now. It's so funny. Like when I decided to become a personal trainer, everyone who's close to me, like my family couldn't believe it because go back me in high school, I hated exercise. I didn't like getting sweaty. Like I'd walk the mile in high school. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. I used to ride horses. So that was like the most exercise yeah. really I did, but it was just like, I got to a point where I didn't like how I looked and I was like, okay, I, I kind of accepted the fact I was like, okay, well I have to do, I can't just, you know, sit around. I have to actually do something. And when I tried it, I realized how much I liked it, but I was not always into fitness. And did you start with strength training or did you try other things before? 
I started with like, just like ab circuits in my bedroom, like literally started from like hardly knowing anything, looking at YouTube videos, like different ab circuits, maybe some sort, I guess, I don't even think hit was like a term then when I was looking at it. Cause that became like a hot term, like with social media, but just like different circuits and stuff like that. I started out very basic at home. Cause I didn't want to go to the gym by myself. I had oh, yeah. like major anxiety when I first started. I think you talked about that in one of your YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't, I either made my husband go with me, well then boyfriend or like some of my sorority sisters. I never wanted to go alone. I didn't, I had gym anxiety because I didn't know what I was doing. So I felt very intimidated. What pushed you to go alone? When I wanted to go, but no one was available to go with me. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to hold myself back and rely on other people. So we're just going to, we're just going to do it. I, 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 I was like that one time I pushed myself to do it and I realized, okay, this is not that bad. And then it was easier to build, but I had to push myself for that first time. And I think like whenever you start anything, you have to push yourself and like step mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone. And yeah. once you do that, everything becomes easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I get asked a lot, you know, with, I work with a lot of girls who have gym anxiety and they're like, how did you, how, how did you get to the gym the first time? And there is, sometimes there really isn't a way to sugarcoat it. I literally have to say, you have to just go once and see for yourself that it's not that bad. Cause there's a bunch of different things I can try to give advice about, but at the end of the day, you have, you have to just do it at least once. There's nothing I can say that's going to make the first time any bit easier. I can try, but you have to just do it. Yeah. When I started going to the gym, when I was like an adult. So in high school, I would go to the gym, but I wasn't really like doing anything. I was like stretching and then like walking the treadmill. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't doing anything. I just like went because my friends it. were going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when I went, when I signed up for the boot camp that you have, mm-hmm. I was terrified the first time I like walked into the gym and I was like, You weren't the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And yeah, there's like a few people in there. I went late at night, so I didn't have to like go mm-hmm. during like when it's busy. I went once when it was like really busy and I was like too much. Cause I also I think like, I remember that. Cause I think you messaged me and you're like, that was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it I was so terrifying. And I got through like 75% of my workout and then a group of like, I don't want to say like six or seven guys came in and I like left. I was like, okay, I'm done for now. <laughs> I, I very much remember the situation because you're like, I was going good. And then these guys come in and I was like, I'm out. And I'm like, well, I can't entirely blame you because they're, they're kind of intimidating sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it was like nine o'clock at night and it was like, I was the only person. And I was like, um, not, like, not happening. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> for real. So what does a week in your life look out workout wise? So quarantine or before quarantine or both you can do both so you can compare it okay so before quarantine it was much more structured I was doing three glute and leg days a week two upper body days split between back and biceps shoulders and triceps and I would sprinkle abs in here and there and same with cardio I would do the stairmaster like maybe two or three times a week like heavy more than just a warm-up and then sometimes I do like a six session on Saturday if I felt like doing more abs and more cardio. That was always like not required required of me to do, but if I wanted to, I could have. So it was definitely a lot more structured and I enjoyed every single session, even upper body, which is not my favorite. I still enjoyed it at the gym because there's so many different things to do. But now with quarantine, it's just kind of like, I'm still doing my two to three legs and glute sessions a week, but the upper body has been more challenging just because it's, I get, I'm getting bored of it at home. I miss like the cables. I miss the barbells. I miss all the different equipment. I just have dumbbells. So I've been doing more like upper body, like circuit style, almost like combining everything instead of splitting it and doing like four exercises in a row and doing like four different sets of those. It makes it go by faster and I keep moving. So I'm less likely to get bored. And then I've been running more than I ever have ever probably in my life. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I see that, um, or I've been watching that you've been posting them on your IG stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very inspiring because I was not working out for like the first little bit of quarantine, like at all. It wasn't moving my body. I would mm-hmm. go for walks. That's a lie. I went for walks, but I wasn't like really doing anything like I mean, besides walking. Yeah. Yeah. So I like how you're sharing it to show people that like you can still like move your body yeah. and do things at home. Mm-hmm. That was the point of it. Cause when I, I think I did it for the first time, I just kind of wanted, it was just kind of like, well, let me post this and just see how people react to it. If people are like, your stories are too long. This is annoying. I don't want to see this and I'll stop. But all the messages that I got were people are just like, okay, seeing you work out makes me want to work out. Or you posting this gives me ideas of what to do. And it just, I got so many positive messages from it that motivated me. So like when I work out, I want to show everybody, you know, one, here's a bunch of different things you could do. Maybe you didn't think of this. Or two, it just like motivates other people and that motivates me. So it's like a mutual benefit. Yeah. It's like um, putting energy into one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It gives my workout more of a purpose than just me, if that makes sense. Like there's a bigger purpose behind them, the home workouts, because it's easy to get bored. Oh yeah. It, and like, you're also stuck in the same environment. So there's nothing like <laughs> external that's really going on besides like music and whatever is like living with you. Like if so, like you have a cat, a dog. Yeah. That's really (laughs) it. There's, (laughs) there's nothing else really like happening. No, I miss like people watching at the gym and seeing like all of my friends and just like watching certain people do. It's just, I just miss the gym environment, but posting it on my Instagram story gives me like, like you said, like the energy exchange. And it's just like, it's a, it makes it easier for me to get them done because it's easy to get bored with home workouts. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I I've gotten bored from home workouts before too. And that's why I'm like, I'm going to go outside now and do something. Yeah, outside. Like we're gonna, yeah. The leg days, I don't get too bored with them. Those I enjoy, but the upper body days, like a lot of the time ha- I'm like halfway through and I'm looking at the thing I planned for myself and I'm like, okay, we got to push through. I'm getting bored here. And I start thinking about animal crossing and like the Sims. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. All right. We gotta, we gotta pull it together. <laughs> All the other things that you could be doing, and you're like, nope, I, 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 I can get through this. <laughs> yeah, like I'm working out in my living room, and I just look over on the coffee table, and, the, and my Nintendo Switch is sitting right there, and I'm like, oh, this is real tempting right now, but we're gonna get through this workout. <laughs> That's like a reward at the end. Yes. What has some of your biggest struggles been with fitness? Probably, well, in the beginning, losing weight was a tough one because I was never in a like I never really had to. Like I said, I wasn't super skinny, and I wasn't like overweight by any means. I was just kind of in that average where I was just kind of like comfortable, I guess. So I never was in a position where I like really felt like I needed to lose weight. Like I I got overweight for my height. So it was like, that was definitely a struggle. So a lot of my fitness journey was like focused on losing that. And then another struggle, well, not really a struggle. It was more like a challenge that kind of turned positive was bulking. Cause that was the first time I ever purposely tried to gain weight my whole fitness journey was about losing. So going into purposely gaining weight and like seeing the scale go up and like noticing different things changing that in itself was like a challenge, but it turned out to be really positive. And what was your mindset around both of those situations? Because they are different. Well, weight loss, it was just kind of like, okay, I want to get to myself to to a point where when I want to build muscle, I have a good foundation for it. It was kind of like picking on or picking to focus on one thing at a time at that point in my life. And then gaining, it was just kind of like, okay, I want to see how strong I can get. I want to see how much muscle I can put on. Like, I really want to, you know, full send and see what I can do with this. And I had to really teach myself that the scale doesn't mean much. And I didn't, I always like would talk about that, but I didn't know that until I reached the same weight that I was like my heaviest in my life. And I looked completely different than before I was into fitness. Like I was literally the same exact weight 
and looking at myself wise, looking at pictures, I did not look the same at all. And that was a huge thing that I learned during bulking was like the scale doesn't really mean much. Yeah. And the, even like, I think it doesn't mean much when you're not like trying to lose weight or gain weight because I had had like previous coworkers be like, you're so tiny. Like I could like, I don't know, like snap you in half or something stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. And then like, if like I tell them how much I weigh, which is like, I like 140 or something, they're like, oh, you don't look that way. And I'm like, well, yeah. Cause like, it's different on my body. Sure different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just a number. Like it doesn't dictate anything. No, it really, it, I mean, if we're, you know, trying to track progress or body stats, I guess measurements are so much more accurate because they tell you a lot more about your body than weight does. But I, like I said, I didn't really learn that until I was bulking. And that was, it was, I, th- I think it was a good lesson because then you're just kind of, you look at the scale differently. Like, mm, I don't really need you anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think like with the scale, a lot of people use it to dictate their worth and they shouldn't mm-hmm. like use it to mm-hmm. dictate their worth because they're worth more than like what they look like or how they weigh. Yeah. I have clients now, even I was just talking to one of my clients yesterday and she said, my weight hasn't changed. And I'm like, have you checked your measurements? She's like, no. I was like, okay, go take your measurements and then we'll continue this conversation. She takes her resume and she's like, oh, I've lost like an inch around my waist. And I'm like, see, I was like, you're putting on muscle probably I'm going to assume and burning fat. So you're, so that's going to keep your weight the same, but your body's changing. So it's very, I know it's easy to get caught up in the number on the scale, but it really is not the best indicator of any sort of progress at all. Yeah. And I think it's easy to get caught up on numbers too, just because of the messages media sends us and because of society is just like they pressure you to like want to look a certain way. And Mm -hmm. also like, I guess like have a smaller number. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much emphasized in media and movies, even to like all sorts of cult, like pop culture and stuff. It's like people are always, there's always like little cartoons or pieces of movies where someone's like looking at the scale and they get all upset about it and they want it to be smaller and it's, it's not healthy at all. And it just, it makes my job a little bit more difficult because I feel like I have to like kind of reprogram everyone's minds when it comes to the scale. Oh yeah, totally. Cause it's like just transforming your mindset around the way that you perceive a number or perceive yourself. Mm-hmm. So along with your biggest struggles, what are some of your biggest successes in fitness? Probably just like the amount of muscle I was able to put on. That was pretty, that was cool to see. I mean, I, with quarantine, things are slowly getting smaller. I'm not beating myself up over it. I'm like, I don't have my heavy weights anymore. It's cool. But the amount of muscle I was able to put on was cool. And also the strength, like I was able right before, right before quarantine started, I hit a new hip thrust PR of 315 pounds. I remember seeing that on your story. That was like the craziest feeling ever because it was so heavy. And I'm like mid set. I'm like, this isn't like, this could crush me. Like this is crazy. And then you finish it. And it's like another very winded, like exhausted feeling, but so satisfying. And that was huge for me because like a year and a half ago, I tried to hip thrust 200 pounds and I got stuck. I couldn't even do one. So to get like 315 for four or five reps, that was like one of the most, like the one thing I'll continue to celebrate. That was like one of my proudest moments. It was kind of Oh yeah. Congrats. No, I, so when I saw that, I was like, that is badass. (laughs) It was, it it felt cool. And there was like a mini crowd, like the people weren't like crowding, but like everyone in the gym was kind of like, like watching and it kind of like, I was like, all right. And my gym is mostly men. So, and like older men. 
So I'm like, all right, I'm about to show out right now and show them that I can kill all of them with one pinky toe that messes me. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> so what keeps you motivated to continue working out or just to continue on your lifestyle? It's that I continue to set new goals for myself that aren't always related to how I look. I mean, it's good to have physical related goals because that gives you something you could physically see changing and keep motivating you. But different like strength goals and different goals like that really keep me going back to it and just kind of like just challenging myself, seeing what I can and can't do. I struggled a little bit when quarantine started because I I can't work on my hip thrust weight anymore. So I had to put that on the back burner. I'm like, okay, well, what can I work on that's going to keep me motivated besides just like maintaining my muscle? So I decided to try and do like push-ups and pull-ups, which might sound funny, like, but not all personal trainers are very good at those things because they take a whole another level of strength. And I've always focused on weights and not like those sort sort of movements. So that be kind of became like a new way to kind of keep myself motivated. So at least even when I'm bored with my upper body workouts, I'm still working on those sort of things. Having different goals is very important. Yeah. And then you can have progress in different, um, I don't know how to like word the workouts, just like different areas. Different aspects of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have your physical goals, you have your strength goals, you have like body weight pull-ups or push-up kind of goals and having, that's what keeps you motivated because you're always working towards something. I need to be working towards something. Otherwise I feel stagnant and bored. Yeah. And I feel that way, even without like it being fitness related, just in general, like Mm -hmm. if I'm not working towards something, I get bored. And I guess for me, I have to have like a few different things going on. So if I get stuck on one thing, I can focus my energy and my attention on another thing. Yeah. I'm the same way. I feel that. So it feels good to be working towards something. It gives everything you're doing a bit more purpose. Yeah, totally. So when I told one of my friends I was going to be interviewing you, they had a question um, about like couples and fitness because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of fitness couples on social media yes. and <laughs> that that kind of outlook seems to affect people's perception of what working out should and shouldn't look like in a relationship. So since you have a significant other, what keeps you motivated yes. to work out when your partner isn't motivated or doesn't want to work out at all? I just am like very hyper-focused on myself and I don't mean that in like a selfish or self-absorbed way. Oh, I don't think that's his- selfish level of motivation or his desire to work out doesn't affect mine because I'm doing it for me and not anything else. So, I mean, he works out too. A lot of the time when we're, we're both doing like completely separate home workouts, like in, but in the same space, because like we only have a certain area to work out. Um, but we don't like do like those couple together workouts. Sometimes actually I've been making him sit on my lap when I do hip thrust. I'm like, I can't take this anymore. I need something heavier. <laughs> so I make him sit on my lap and I, I hip thrust him. So I've been he in that way we've been doing couple workouts. I like force him to do that with me. But besides that, we just kind of do our own thing. But whether he works out or not, if I'm planning to work out that day, I'm doing it. It doesn't matter what he's doing. Because it's for you. It's not for anyone else really. Yeah. And I'm not my motivation doesn't rely on like outside sources. It's all internal to me. So if someone else isn't motivated, if he's not motivated, it doesn't affect me because it's coming from internally, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally see what you're saying. So How would you, I guess, suggest to people that they amplify their internal motivation? Because sometimes uh, people will rely on like external factors, like having Mm -hmm. other people motivate them. So how have you, or I don't know if you've ever shifted that, but how do you amplify it internally? It goes back to having a lot of different types of goals and also using exercise as like, I tell a lot of my clients this when they struggle to find motivation or time or 
some sort of driver to get them to work out. And I always tell them to use exercise. It's like, that's you time. Like that's the only time out of your day. That could be the only time out of your day that you get to focus only on yourself. It's it. It's for you. It's bettering yourself. Whether you're trying to see physical progress quickly or not, you're still improving your health and your mental health and your wellness. So really finding a reason to like exercise that has maybe nothing to do with physical progress and just something, making it very personal to you helps a lot with that. Yeah, totally. Because when I work out, it's more like I work out because it shifts my energy. Mm -hmm. And I know that after like I do my morning stuff, which is like working out, like stretching and then meditating and stuff, like I'll feel so much better. So if I try to do that for other people or for other things or factors, it doesn't really energize me and make me feel as good as if I just do it for myself. It's not a status funny if you're doing something for somebody else because a lot of the time you're going to be disappointed with how they react to it anyways so that you can celebrate yourself way better than someone else can because they're never going to live up to the expectation of level or level of celebration that you actually want so you might as well just give it to yourself yeah and then if someone like if you went to go work out or do something to motivate you and someone tries to distract you have you created like boundaries around fitness with your relationships it's a matter of just like, like I was saying before, my, working out is like, it's, it's my time. And it's not just because I want to maintain physical progress or whatever physical thing goal I might be working on. It's mostly a lot of like for my mental health. It's, it's like, it's like meditative for me almost like it's like an energy release that winded feeling like it just feels like a purge almost of anything negative or stressful. And it really helps with my anxiety and my mental health. So anyone who tries to get in the way of my mental health and like bettering myself, no, like, I'm sorry, but that comes first before anything. And that's how I like maintain that boundary. So it's, it's more than just working out to look good. Like it's a very mental thing for me too. Yeah. So totally finding another reason why you're working out or why you're moving your body in general. So a ton of people believe that fitness has to look a certain way. Like they really compare their fitness journey or like their journey in general. It doesn't even have to be fitness related mm-hmm. to other people's. So how do you incorporate balance into your life and how do you help your clients push through those comparison blocks? So social media has created this idea that fitness is a very tiny waist with defined abs and a huge ass. Like literally that's become like what the face of fitness is on social media, but fitness is so much more than just one, how you look, but two, it doesn't have, it shouldn't have a certain look. I mean, I always remind my clients that everyone's muscles develop differently I mean, we could do the same glute workout routine and my muscles are going to look different than yours because we're different people. So just kind of reminding people that we all develop differently and that you exercise not just to look good, but to feel good internally. I mean, like at the end of the day, no, any doctor is going to tell you that doing a little bit of cardio is good for your heart. I mean, exercise and fitness at its core is good for you physically, not the way you look, but like internally and your overall health and your mental health too, not just like getting the big butt and a tiny waist and the ab situation going. It's so much more than that. Oh yeah, totally. And then also what about when people are like, well, they're doing hit workouts and they're running a lot or they're strength training and I'm not doing that. So I'm not like as good enough or I'm not really working on my fitness. Mm-hmm. It's just because again, a reminder of like everyone requires different things. Like if one person, if I do too much hit, I might lose a lot of my muscle. Whereas like someone else might do 
the same amount of hit as me, but they're maintaining their level of muscle. I mean, it's really just like trial and error and finding what works for you. And it's okay to want to try something if you see it, but to feel like you need to do it just because, you know, your favorite influencer is doing it. That's it's, it could be a hard mindset to break, but it really just comes down to taking it at an experimental level and trying to teach people that we all require different things and it might not have to look the same to get similar results. Yeah, totally. And then with the fitness community online, so what inspires you about it and what do you love about it? I love that there is, with most people, there's a good sense of community. I mean, I follow and I'm friends with a good amount of girls in the fitness community who motivate each other and uplift each other and like don't Photoshop their pictures and don't have surgery and like sell fitness on that basis. And I really appreciate those types of people who are just real and raw and like post about the days that they're not working out or post about the days that they're not so motivated. And then they also celebrate their victories. I like to see all the, the entire spectrum. I don't want to just see, you know, just the highlight reel when it comes to fitness. Cause that's just, that sets an unrealistic standard. I think. Oh yeah, totally. And when people just post about their highs and their like what they've accomplished, but don't like talk about their struggles, it just sends out this misconception about what life is. And then Mm -hmm. it can make the person who's consuming the content feel bad if they're having like a shit day. Exactly. And it makes fitness seem like it has to be this completely linear type of process and it's always perfect and you're always seeing results and you're always motivated. And it just sets like this unrealistic standard for what a fitness journey really is. And it's more of a roller coaster than just like a linear, like everything's great. I'm seeing progress every day type of thing. Yeah. And I think that's like, a roller coaster with everything. It's like when you're healing yourself, that's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. When you're shifting like your business, that's a roller coaster. When you're stepping into yes. breaking uncomfortable situations, like that's a roller coaster. And I think it's it's not real to believe that everything is just like going up all the time. Yeah. Nothing in life is going up all the time. You're gonna hit plateaus, you're gonna go down a little bit, you're gonna have highs and lows. And I just I just don't vibe with anyone in the fitness community who pretends like everything's fantastic. I just, cause everything's not always fantastic. You're going to have days where you don't want to work out. You're going to have days where you might be plateauing and not seeing the results you want to see. And I think it's important to talk about that because other people go through it and it's good to have that relatable content. Yeah, I agree. Cause even like for me, I'm talking a lot more about like self-love and like self-worth and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I realized that self-love seems to come across as just like being positive all the time and just like always thinking about like the good things and forgetting and excusing anything like bad that's happened to you. And I'm like, that's not what it is. Like it's, it's loving yourself, good, bad, ugly, pretty working out, not working out, weight gain, weight loss. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And if like, if you sit on the couch all day, cause you're like sad or whatever is going on, like that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Like don't beat yourself up about it. Cause beating yourself up is never going to help you build yourself up. You're just making yourself feel worse. If it was your friend who was doing that, would you be mean to your friend? No, exactly. you would tell them yeah. it's okay. It's just, a, it's just one day you're doing what you need to do. So I try to, I like to tell people to talk to themselves the way you talk to your best friend. You wouldn't dog your best friend for having a bad day or skipping a workout. So don't do it to yourself. No. Yeah, exactly. So how do you think fitness has completely helped shift you and change you? And what has fitness done for you? It's totally transformed my mental health, like entirely, whether it's working towards goals and like practicing patience and like waiting for progress and not wanting to see stuff so instantaneous. So just like mitigating my emotions and helping release negative energy. Cause I never was really like someone have outbursts or anything, but I do have anxiety, which can create, you know, 
a buildup of emotions if you don't release them. Oh yeah. Totally. But with exercise and sweating and just like, it just really helps me just release everything. So, I mean, sure. It's, I, I like the way that I look, it's given me a great body and everything like that and confidence, but being able to navigate my emotions and release negative energy and stress has been the greatest thing it's ever done for me. Yeah. I can really see that. And I think that's why so many people say like when you are experiencing like anxiety or something, it's really important to move your body in like any mm-hmm. way that you can, like even just dancing around like your house or something. Yeah, it like, yeah. It really helps like release that energy that's inside of you and just kind of I guess like shake it out, <laughs> like sweat it off, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. It just really, and I'm super visual. So sometimes even if I'm like having a particularly like rough day or just there's something I really actually want to get rid of, like I, that's very specific. I will literally picture the sweat, like carrying all the negative things and like leaving my body. So to me, the visual of sweating is like everything leaving and coming out of me. And I, I that might sound crazy, but the visual of that. Oh no, I love that. I'm very visual. I like to see things. So like giving a visual to all that really helps a lot. So I'm just like, oh, I'm sweating. All the bullshit's leaving me. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I love that. Because it's the same as when people say like, if you take a shower and you've had like a bad day at work at something, like imagine yourself like scrubbing off all of that like feeling Mm -hmm. and the energy. It's the same thing, just like a different situation. And I really love that. It helps a lot. It makes a difference. Yeah. So if someone wanted to get into fitness, what would be the first, uh, first kind of advice you'd give them? Find a reason to enjoy it other than your physical results. I mean, it's good if you have a physical, I mean, weight loss, weight gain, whatever, anything in between. It's good to have a goal like that, but you need to have something else because if you're only relying on that physical goal, you're going to find yourself having more not motivated days. You're going to get discouraged in the long run because results take time and having something else to enjoy while you wait for those results makes it so much easier. Yeah, I have to agree with that too. So what was your journey towards creating your own business with fitness? Was that like the goal when you went to get your certification? Yeah, I always, well, even like going back to college, like I said, I always knew that I wanted to use social media to build some sort of business. And when I started building my platform in college, I didn't really know what I was going to do with it yet. I just kind of knew like, I should do this because I can transform that into a business someday. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I think it's a smart move. And I, that's why I decided to do that so early on. But even, I want to say maybe it was like three or four years ago when I, I was working out and everything like that. And I knew I was trying to figure out, okay, well, when my platform gets bigger, and again, this was, I wasn't really much of anything on Twitter, Instagram, it was not anything. But I had this, because I used to also be really into art and like painting and stuff. So at that point I was kind of like, okay, I wanted to give my Instagram and my social media like a niche and like a specific message. And I didn't, I wanted, I needed to pick something. So I remember talking about this with my best friend. I was like, okay, what should I, you know, pivot into? Cause I, I want to pick something, narrow my audience down a little bit so I can grow this better. And we had this long discussion. I ended up kind of pivoting more towards fitness and kind of going in that direction a little bit more. And it just, it makes sense because I do it every day. You know, I wasn't painting every single day. I wasn't creating art every day, but I was working out every day. So going in that direction, even before I got my certification made so much sense to me. It was easier to talk about because I do it so much. Yeah. And what was the process like of building up your business and what was like the beautiful parts of it and like the not so beautiful parts of it? It's so the beautiful and not so beautiful at the same time was grow is growing social media platform. Starting that is difficult and it's, it can be very discouraging because everything is saturated. There's so many different people and it's easy to get into the trap of like 
comparing yourself and be like, should I be making that kind of content? Should I be doing this? They're like, they're doing that. Should I do this? And it's, mm-hmm. it can get very overwhelming, but what was satisfying was kind of finding my own voice. And it's funny because I started in like vegan Twitter. That's kind of where I started. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where I found you. I've always been good at ruffling feathers in a good way. And that, that gets them a little bit of attention. So that's kind of where I started and this kind of like progressed from there. So it was, it was fun to see the the progression of it, but as far as like starting a business, it's, it's, you learn every day. I mean, I'm still learning stuff now every day. It's all, it's the, what I do full time now, which is awesome. And being able to get to that point was really satisfying, but figuring stuff out, how to use stuff, like setting up a website, like that stuff is challenging. And it, it takes, when you're doing it all by yourself and you don't have a team that can, that part can definitely be a bit challenging. Although oh yeah. Cause you're kind of doing everything <laughs> Like yes. you're, you're just doing everything. <laughs> no, it's really me. Like emails, website, like DMs, but like, it's all me. I don't have a team. Like there's no one else here. It's just me. So would you say that growing your social media helped you get clients? Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, without social media, I don't think I would be able to do this full time or at the near the level that I'm doing it now. I mean, even now I always put like in the questionnaires that I send people, you know, how did you find me? Cause I like to see at least narrow it to which social media platforms I should give most attention to just to kind of see where everyone's coming from. And it's all Twitter and Instagram, mostly Twitter actually, but still Twitter and Instagram. So if it wasn't for me taking so much time and years of building up my social media platform, I would not be anywhere near where I am right now. Yeah. It's Cause huge. when I signed up to work or yeah, it's when I signed up to do your boot camp, I found you through Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw you promoting it, which you promote, your content on Twitter very, very well by just like adding it in onto the posts that you have. And then even when people like, I guess like haters or like give you shit, like, you know, like the- I always turn it into something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, she's like being like, oh, hey, by the way, like it's really smart way to go about it. It's yeah. Cause I never liked- I mean, I don't know. Every, every influencer can do how they want, advertise their business how they want, but this is where my marketing degree comes into play. I'm really glad I got that. Um, But I don't like in your face, like, like I want people first and foremost, before they even consider like buying anything for my business, I want to be relatable and like approachable and someone that could feel like they could talk to me regardless of how many like followers I have or whatever. I want to just feel approachable and sell second. Like, I don't want to be someone who's always trying to sell something all the time. I just, I think it's exhausting and it comes across as very inauthentic. And oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's just not going to work. It just, it just, in my opinion, I don't think that's the best way to go about that. Yeah. I don't think so either. I feel like when you just message people just to like sell something, it just sends the wrong message. It's just like tacky and it just kind of just like sends the message that, oh, you only care about my follow to make money off of me. Like you don't care about relating to me or providing me with something free. I mean, free value is super important to me. Oh yeah. And I feel like you have to put out free value in order for people to really like know what you're about anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you have to, and even now when like, in theory, I don't have to put out free workouts. Like I could charge for anything if I really wanted to, but free value is like how people find you in the first place. And, and I don't think you should ever disconnect from that. And, it's, and then there's also, you have to understand like not everyone can afford whatever it is that you're selling. So giving those people a chance to have fun with, you know, what your specialty is too, I think it's important. It's not all about making money. Oh, exactly. And when you go into something being like, I'm going to make this much money or I'm going to make tons of money and I'm only doing it for money, you're going to lose interest. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, social media is super important for my business and without it, I would not be viable whatsoever, but social media is also, I like, I like talking to people. I like sharing content with people and creating a conversation and it's just, it's fun for me. Yes. It's also work, but it's also, it's fun for me at the same time. Oh yeah. And it should be fun. I think if you're building your own business, it should be a fun process. I mean, like, of course there's going to be times where it's really difficult and it frustrating yeah, (laughs) and frustrating, but you should do it because you want to do it and because it's fun for you to do it. Exactly. Like the part of like my job when I have to be like, okay, let's brainstorm. How can I ruffle feathers or go viral this week? Because then I can promote something underneath that tweet. Yeah. That's the fun part where I'm like, all right, how can we, how can we do something? How can we make people mad today? That's always, I like to ask myself that question sometimes. And usually the answer is men, let's make them mad. because It's easy. Yeah. And it, some of the stuff that you tweet is so funny. And I'm, <laughs> I was watching uh, your YouTube video about the viral. Oh, the viral you, yeah. And that, I was like, was but true. <laughs> I was like, There's truth there. And I was like, we're not, no lies detected here. Yeah, exactly. So back to your business, what was it like when you first started working with clients one-on-one versus when you started doing group? like bootcamp programs? It's definitely, I mean, it's different. Like one-on-one, I mean, I talk. I try to treat all of my clients as my friends. So I talk to them pretty much almost every single day. Like if someone sends me a message, I try to get back to them within 24 hours. Since it's just me doing the business, like some days I have a lot more emails than others and I can't always get there, but I try to answer everyone within 24 hours. So I kind of keep everyone on the same level in that sense. But with the group ones, like the bootcamp, it's like everyone's following the same plan, but I tweak it based on like, if someone has, you know, a past knee injury, I'm going to cut out the, keep everything the same, but just cut out the exercise that are too heavy on the knees. So everyone's like doing the same general thing. Whereas with the one-on-one clients, I'm basically creating their program from scratch or like from past programs that I've used and then they're created and tweaking them based on like what they need. But the one-on-one is definitely a slightly bit more work just because the plan's pretty much like totally created from scratch. And it's very, very personal to that one person. Oh yeah. Cause it's, because when I did the boot camp, you did like cater to my asthma, but mm-hmm. we also were doing the same thing. I think, like, and it was good for us to all be doing around like the same thing because we could all right. talk to each other about it or like exactly. relate to yeah. each other. That's the point of it. Yeah. So you'd be like, how was that super set? And you're know, like, oh, that one sucked. Like, how was it for you? You know, like you, you get a more of a sense of community when everyone's kind of do the same general thing. But I like to tweak it based on because everyone can't. I mean, there's some people I didn't have to touch it at all. Everyone like no health problems, no this, everyone, it fits, whatever. But tweaking it a little bit helps me just make sure that it's going to fit for that person without like making a whole plan from scratch. Cause that takes a lot more time. Hence why the boot camps are not as expensive as my one-on-one training. Yeah. So uh, going along with the clients, what services do you offer? So I do the one-on-one online training, which is like they get into the app, they get macros if they want them. I don't require it because some people have past eating disorders and they just don't want to go there. So it's not a requirement, but if you want it, cool. If you don't, also cool. It's fine. You just let me know. And they get the app, they get the check-ins, they get their own completely custom personal program. They can do it for as little as six weeks up up to a year. They pick how long they want to work with me for. And it's... Like I, I think I talked about the, yeah. And then they get support from me. So I talk to them they're almost pretty, pretty much every single day. And the bootcamp people get just about the same thing, but it's a little bit, it's only for eight weeks. And it's just a little less personal, like I said, because the plans are not as completely custom like the one-on-one training is. But yeah. working with one-on-one clients is like, 
it's very rewarding. Cause I, sometimes I feel like I'm like a therapist almost sometimes like as well as a trainer because oh, I'm yeah. like, but the weekly check-ins, it's like, how was, how was, you know, the week? And it's, I get the whole picture, which I love. I'm not complaining about that one, but I love that because that also helps me. If I know what you're going through, then I, it's like easier for me to plan. I'm not going to give you the most intense workout week of your life. If you're going through a really difficult time. So knowing everything kind of helps me, but I love it. It makes me feel like I'm friends with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a really good feeling to have. And it shows your clients that like you're there for them, like fully and not just like for one thing. Like it's not the money. I've had a couple of clients who worked out with different influencers doing similar things, but they felt like, I think one girl, she said to me something like, I felt like just a number or just like another person. And, you know, I wasn't getting personalized messages and like nothing was personal. And I didn't, she wasn't really talking to me because I don't know. I mean, I guess some influencers get, let their follower count get to their head and they feel like they can kind of not be super genuine and not be super personal and they can still do what they want because, you know, they're, XYZ with this, you know, a million followers. It's like an ego high. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And not so much like being thankful that like people want to work with them and stuff. Yeah. Like every time someone chooses me to be like, I, cause my fitness journey was so profound for me and transformative. So when someone wants me to be a part of that for them, I don't, I mean, I don't take that lightly as corny as that sounds. I don't ever take that lightly. Oh yeah. Cause it was something that was really impactful for you. And now you get to be a part of that experience for them. Right. And it's just like, you want me to be a part of that transformed journey. Like, like that, I'm always just like totally honored by it. I always appreciate that. Yeah. So what is one of your most, or some of your most impactful experiences you've had while working with others? Just, uh, I mean, I've had clients see really, really dramatic physical results and that's always awesome to see, you know, like knowing that like my plan for them worked and like, they're super happy, but it's always the mental transformations that like really like truly get me emotional. Like when I start with a girl who, you know, hated this or refused to wear that, didn't want to go here. And then by the end of the program, she's like wearing clothes she never thought she would and like doing different things now. And just like, when I see that mindset switch, that is so like, that is just so rude that. Yeah. And they're really like shifting into themselves and like, yeah, it's like true growth. Like seeing them go from like refusing to look at themselves in the mirror to like being obsessed with taking selfies of themselves. I'm just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like, I love this. I love when that happens. Yeah. And it's probably really beautiful and empowering for yourself to watch too. It like, is. And it, it, and it inspires me. I tell all my clients, because I tell them all the time, like, you guys inspire me. And they're like, us? Like, like how do we inspire you? And I'm like, just to see, like, the growth, this, even the stuff that they don't even notice, the way they talk. And, like, I notice things that they don't always notice. And, it, oh, it's just very motivated and inspiring to me. Oh, yeah, of course. So going along with that, you post a ton about, like, body confidence and body mm-hmm. acceptance. And there's a ton of people that struggle with body acceptance and confidence and then use working out or dieting as a way to like punish themselves for not mm-hmm. liking yeah. like, the way they look or in order to look a certain way. Um, and I've like, I was like that in high school too. Mm-hmm. So has this come up for you at all? And have you experienced this? yourself and then in the beginning of my fitness journey it did because a lot that was it was when I wanted to lose weight and it was like I said I'd never been in that position before where I felt like I needed to lose weight so it was a very different mindset for me to navigate and I remember working with an online trainer it was my first experience with an online trainer um 
And he had me eating like a very low amount of calories. But to me, I, I mean, at that time I didn't know much about anything. I was new. It was, I knew like nothing about fitness at that time, but it created this, like, I've never had an eating disorder, but it definitely created like a bit of an unhealthy relationship with food for me. Like I was, it was restrictive and I was always like worried about counting calories and like in an unhealthy way. So that was probably my biggest experience with that was just like feeling restrictive and like obsessive with calorie counting and like wanting to eat as little as possible. And how did you shift out of that like mentality? I stopped counting calories for a while and I I just like focused on just eating well, but also giving myself treats if I wanted it to. And I kind of like came to the realization that like, okay, tracking macros and calories can be a really helpful tool, but you have to let it go sometimes. Like it can't be something you're doing 24 seven all days of the week and restricting yourself. If I ever like am tracking and I feel myself restricting myself, I stop because I don't want to go down that hole again. And I have to remind myself that like you could still eat what you want and still see results at the same time. But it's just that feeling of like wanting to restrict. I I cut it as soon as I, if it ever comes up, but it hasn't come up for me in years because I've really worked on that for a long time. Yeah. And I think that in society, it's kind of just like this thing that they're trying to send out, like a message they're trying to send out that we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be consuming that much. Like I see 1200 calories like posted everywhere (sighs) and I don't understand why or like where that came from. Well, you lose weight eating 1200 calories. Yes. Is it a healthy amount of weight loss? No. (laughs) Like, I mean, I, even when I do have girls who want to lose weight, I hardly ever, I don't think I've actually ever given anyone under 1500 calories as a calorie goal. And I'll even get something like 1500. That sounds like too much. And I'm like, it's not, I mean, I promise you, like, that's like the bare minimum usually for women anyways, that even that's still a bit low, but the 1200 mark, I don't even know where that came from, but it is way too low for anybody in my opinion. Yeah. I, I agree with you. So do you believe that society and standards play a part in like all of this, like, and body oh, confidence yeah. and acceptance in general? And what is your outlook on this societal norm? Cause this is really aimed at women more than men. I think there's things aimed at men, but it's most like a lot of women. It's definitely more on women. I mean, I mean, you get men, you know, they're, they're not, their appearance is not as nitpicked as much as it is women. I mean, yeah. I think their height maybe gets nitpicked a bit more than anything. But aside from that, I mean, we get nitpicked about like our height, our boob size, our butt size, our waist. Do we have abs? Do we have hips? You know, what does our skin look like? How big are our lips? You know what I mean? Like just, it's, it goes everything. down to such minute, tiny details. Exactly. Everything. And I don't think men see it on that much of a level, but society plays a huge role because a lot of the time too, when I get girls and they tell me what their big, biggest fitness goals are, I get, a, I've gotten a couple who say, I want to, you know, look like X, Y, Z influencer. And I think, you know, and I mean, I don't think a lot of those girls know that they're playing into that really, but society as a whole pushes it because, you know, what do you always see glorified in magazines and, you know, movies and everything. It's the same body type all the time. Yeah. And also when you watch movies and TV shows, like they have like their hair blown out and they're mm-hmm. wearing like tons of like makeup because they are, they are on stage and exactly. they have a wardrobe team, like in, mm-hmm. you know, day-to-day life, like you don't have that. No. So it's silly to think that like, you're going to look a certain way when they literally had someone spending hours on their appearance. Yeah, exactly. But I, and I think social media has also exacerbated that too, because like, I'm all for a good picture, a good angle, a good selfie, you know, the right lighting. I'm all for all those pictures. I post pictures like that myself all the time, but it's also too important to remember that I try to remind 
like my followers on all platforms. I don't, no one looks like that all the time. I mean, that's just like a, a millisecond in time with the right light, the right angle, the right pose, whatever. And, but it's easy to lose sight of that with social media when every single post is like perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So how do you, or what advice do you give to your clients or anyone when they start to judge and compare themselves to other people? Mm-hmm. It's like, don't compare your every day to someone's highlight reel. You know, it's like, it's e- like I said, it's easy to think that everyone looks like that all the time because that's all that they're posting. But at the end of the day, I mean, even your favorite influencers, they're humans too. I mean, they look like, you know, they have their bum days, they wear their hair up and like they're wearing their sweats and they don't always look, they get bloated. I mean, we all do. It's just a matter of people are showing you on social media what they want you to see. And they, not everyone wants you to see the, the ugly side or, you know, the side that is normal. They want everyone to see the perfect side. Oh yeah, totally. And has comparing yourself on social media ever affected you at all? Probably in the beginning of my fitness journey, it did for sure. Before I really like focused on my self-love journey and like finding other reasons to love myself besides my physical body. Before I got to that point, I mean, it definitely did. It was, I like, that was when I was focused on weight loss and I wanted like the most fined abs humanly possible that I could get. And it was just, I was so hyper-focused on looking like certain influencers that it was tough to get out of, but I was able to. Yeah. Or trying to look like a picture perfect version that's like on like Time mm-hmm. Magazine or something like that. And yeah. I think that people are like, that's what I want to look like. And it's like, no, like you don't have to. And it's also like Photoshopped on magazines and stuff, like which yeah. people don't talk about that. I think they're talking about it more now, but before it's like, they don't think about like everything that went into that photo. Exactly. Not even just magazines, but social media too. I mean, nine out of 10 times or nine out of 10 pictures you're going to look at on social media, like there's probably some sort of Facetune or Photoshop involved. I mean, exactly. It's just, that's just how it is. (laughs) And there's a lot of influencers that use Facetune a lot, which Mm -hmm. can, which affects like their audience perception of themselves without, and I don't think like they mean to like affect their audience, but it winds up affecting their audience. I mean, if you want to like whiten your teeth or like cover up a zit with Facetune, whatever, like we all do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that's a big deal. But when you're entirely changing your body shape, especially if you're in the fitness community, that drives me insane. But that's a diff- that's a different, totally different story. But if you're like totally changing your body shape and trying to convince people that that's real, I don't. I I, I really think that also comes from a place of insecurity. So they probably don't even realize that they're making their followers feel insecure because then they themselves are insecure, and that's why they're doing it in the first place. So it's just kind of like a continuation. Yeah. So how do you create a healthy boundary with not giving into comparison and judgment? I always just remind myself that if I'm looking at a picture of like a fitness influencer, I remind myself that like there was probably a hundred other pictures and she chose this one because this was the best one. She probably filtered it. She might've even facetuned it. So I just kind of remind myself that like, this is a moment in time. She doesn't look like this walking around all the time. And there was probably a lot of thought and work that went into this one picture. Like I said, there's probably like a hundred, we all do when we take pictures, there's like a hundred of them. And then we pick our favorite one. Everyone does that. So it's just reminding oh, yeah. yourself, that like, we're all picking the perfect picture out of like a hundreds. We all do that. So it's just a moment in time and you don't need to look like someone's moment in time all the time. Yeah. And you should also like accept yourself even when, cause like, I guess when I take pictures and I like start deleting a ton, I'm like, wow, I'm being really critical right now. And like (laughs) other people aren't going to care as much as like I care about what I look like right now. 
Yeah, we care so much more than other people do. Uh, we really do. <laughs> yeah, we do 100%. And I don't think we realize that until we have to step away from it and look at mm-hmm. it from an outside perspective. And it's like, wow, like no one really cares as much as I care. Yeah. I mean, I've caught myself like wanting to film a YouTube video. And then my next thought is like, okay, I should put makeup on. And then I'm like, wait a minute, for what? My message is still going to be the same. I'm saying the same stuff. Like, why, you know, like, what is the point of that? And just catching yourself in those little things is like, it's, it's funny to see programmed a bit to think and that it's like, um, are you putting makeup on for yourself or are you doing it for someone else in the way someone else? Yeah. Or like, you feel like you. you have to. Yeah. If it's like that society pressure, like, do I feel like I have to like, you know, make my brows look all snatched for this, you know, like for what, for me, or is it, you know, because I feel like I have to. Yeah. And if you're doing it for you, totally do it for you. But if you're doing it for someone else, then like, why? Like, yeah, what, exactly. What are if you it's getting for you, from that? all the power to you. If it's making you feel good, do it. But if there's a hint of like for other people involved, I always recommend questioning that a little bit and seeing where that's coming from exactly. Cause living your life for other people is not a sustainable way to live. Oh yeah, totally. And what's helped you during your journey towards accepting yourself and your body and amplifying your confidence and also like showing all of that online. Cause I think it's really powerful when other women show their confidence Mm -hmm. online because it helps empower other women. I just find reasons I've I've really worked on finding reasons to love myself that as has nothing to do with my physical body. I mean, if if your self-love is only based on how you look, you're going to find yourself being disappointed more often than not because our bodies change so much. I mean, we all get bloated. We all like gain a little bit around our periods and like we fluctuate. Like, I mean, life is ever changing. We're not going to say the same all the time. So you can find reasons to love yourself that are internal and not always just based on how you look. It makes it so much easier to maintain that regardless of what you look like that day, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Because, and there's also a lot of things that aren't in our control about ourselves that we need to just start putting love into so we can learn how to accept those things. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're alive and breathing right now. And that's because, you know, our body's keeping us alive. And that in itself is worthy of appreciation and love, in my opinion. I mean, you can get as basic as that if it helps. Yeah. So talking about confidence, do you believe that confidence is a practice? I think confidence is a practice, but what's your opinion on that? It definitely is a practice. And I think it's also emotion-based and anything that's emotion-based is going to be fleeting. It's not always consistent. I mean, I have some days where I feel like I'm the, like the baddest bitch in the universe and I can take over the world if I want. And I have other days where I'm just like, eh, I'm not really feeling how I look today. But then it just goes back to finding that self-love that's beyond your physical self. And that can kind of stay pretty steady. But confidence, like I said, is emotion-based and anything emotion-based is going to be fleeting. Yeah, that's so true. I never like looked at it that way, but that's very, very true. Yeah, same with motivation. I get a lot of questions about like, how do you stay motivated all the time? I'm like, well, motivation that's another emotion based and that's going to be fleeting. So that's your backup has to be discipline in that instance. Discipline isn't really necessarily emotion based. It's just kind of like a practice that you work on. And how have you implemented discipline into your life? Just with, well, with my business, I had to be very disciplined. It's like, I have to get things, giving myself deadlines, actually listening. I don't have anyone to tell me what to do. So I have to, you know, set things for myself and do them at the same time. I don't have a boss, you know, it's like, Hey, get this done. Like it's, it's all me. So being my own boss has really helped with my discipline and just like knowing it's like almost like reparenting yourself, knowing when something's good for you and like pushing yourself to do it, even if you emotionally don't want to. 
Yeah. I like how you said reparenting because that's really what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if I don't have the motivation to work out, usually I have the discipline to work out. And I remind myself that like, you're going to feel good mentally after this. Like you're going to feel refreshed. You're going to feel distressed. And it's more that than like the physical aspect of it. But it's just like reminding yourself of why you're doing something really mm-hmm. helps with discipline. Do you ever have the days where you go in wanting to work out and then you wind up like not working out going into like wanting to do anything you don't do it? Yeah. Like there are definitely days where I, if I don't feel like working out I, and I don't beat myself up over it if I don't, because it's, a, it's all about balance too at the end of the day. I mean, discipline's good, but when discipline becomes unhealthy to the point where you're pushing yourself constantly and you're never letting yourself rest. I mean, it, it takes a lot of getting to know yourself and knowing when you're just being lazy or unmotivated. And that's when you need the discipline versus like actually needing a mental break. And it's just spending time with yourself and kind of really sitting with yourself, sitting with how you feel and trying to figure out, okay, is this because I'm not feeling motivated, but I like should work out or do I actually need a break today? It's you, it's like hard. Somehow, it could be hard, but figuring that out helps a lot. Yeah. It's really hard at first because I've had trouble knowing the difference between the two. And then when I started being like, no, I, actually, if I like do this, I'm going to be like way more drained and not feel good. And it's not mm-hmm. going to help me at all. And I take that step back and rest or do whatever I need to do that day to help me get my energy back up. I feel so much better than if I was going to make myself do it because that's what mm-hmm. I think I should do. Yeah. It takes practice to really get to know yourself that way. And it's kind of like thinking, sitting there and thinking about like, okay, why do I want to do this and how am I feeling? And like really just sitting there and kind of evaluating those things. And then eventually it becomes easier to figure out if you need to do something versus if you need to rest. Yeah, totally. And when you have these days of just resting, how do you talk to yourself and treat yourself throughout the day? So you're not really beating on yourself, I would say. Mm -hmm. I remind myself that like rest is just as good for muscle development and fitness goals as actively working out. I mean, your muscles need time and recovery time to rest and rebuild. So I just remind myself that like, there's still stuff going on. I remind myself of what I did accomplish for the rest of the week or the day before or whatever. And I just kind of, you know, remind myself that this is, if, you know, we're not working out today, if if it's good for mental health, that's all that matters. We're taking care of us ourselves mentally today. If I'm not working out because I'm sore, I remind myself, well, Hey, I worked out really really freaking hard. So I'm resting today and I deserve this rest because I worked out really hard. So it's just finding like, are looking at past things that I've accomplished throughout the week or the day before or whatever, and being happy about those and knowing that the rest is doing me good in some aspect. Yeah, totally. And those mindset shifts can help with anything, but besides fitness too, like if you were going to like, if you had a bunch of stuff on your to-do list and then you didn't do it all because you Mm -hmm. were tired or you just like, didn't have enough time, like you overbooked yourself, like treating yourself with kindness and talking to yourself with kindness and, being like, but you did do all of this. Yeah. It really helps. And like celebrating all of your victories, not just the big ones. I mean, if your victory of the day is like getting out of bed and doing some yoga and you haven't worked out in like a week, I mean, that's huge. I'm all about celebrating victories, big or small. Yeah. Which is really powerful too, because not a ton of us really think about celebrating small victories. We only think about celebrating big victories. And even Mm -hmm. then, because of hustle culture, I think when we yes. celebrate big victories, we're not really celebrating it. We're just like, wow, that was great. On to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just kind of like, cool, got that done. All right. Now what? And it's like, it's important to sit with your, with those things that you do well and kind of and like feel that gratitude, feel that excitement and like, enjoy it, savor that moment before you move on to the next thing. 
Yeah, totally. So what are some of your favorite tools, mindset shifts, and resources for pushing past this like hustle culture, beating myself up mentality, just Mm -hmm. like to give the audience? Yeah, I just, I really like to set goals for the day and prioritize them. Like I have what I need to do, prioritize them. And I focus on getting just the priority things done. And if there's anything left that I didn't get done, I can move it to the next day or whatever else. They weren't priority. So it's not a big deal if I don't get them done. And I just really just celebrate getting anything done, honestly, which sounds silly and might be like, you know, I don't know, not productive, but celebrating getting anything done is like motivating you to get the next thing done. It's like, oh, cool. I like, you know, answered all my inbox, my email inbox is zero now. Cool. Let's move on to, you know, this project now. That's cool that we did that. Just like celebrating little, little stuff, even if it feels silly at first, I mean, it really helps in the long run. Oh yeah. That's something I think I did a mini like IGTV, or not IGTV, just IG training on this. And I was like, stop. Cause like when this all happened, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on and it was like, stop beating yourself up because you haven't done like these 10 things. Like if you got out of bed and if you had like breakfast or you moved your body at all or whatever you did today, like remind yourself of everything you already did yeah. and how much you've already accomplished. Cause that's going to fuel you up more than if you just are like, Ugh, I didn't do enough today. Yeah. If you focus on what you didn't do, you're not going to feel super satisfied, but you have to remind yourself what you did do. Even if, like I said, even if it's something small, like getting out of bed, that's still something that you did. And it's still something that you should celebrate. And it does, it really does make a difference, even if it sounds silly at first. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what is a fun fact about you that not many people would know? Hmm. I share so much on social media. So I always like forget like what, okay, what is my not, what did I not, what do I not talk about? Uh, maybe the fact that I was a horse girl for like 10 years of my life. Yeah, I don't think you've talked about that before. Because when you said I, think that I earlier, made a joke about it once on Twitter and like that was it. I was like, I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> it's a hidden secret. No one's supposed to know. <laughs> yes, but I rode horses for 10 years. So that, there's my fun fact. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not sure if you're into astrology and human design at all, but do you know what your sun, moon and rising is and what your human yes. design is? I'm like learning more about astrology as I go. I like, I I know my sun and my moon and my rising. So I'm a Taurus sun and then both my moon and rising signs are Gemini. So do what you will with that information. I always get mixed, mixed reactions about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just who you are. (laughs) Yeah. The heavy Gemini energy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think people are just intimidated by Gemini's because there's like a stigma around them. No, there is. I think Gemini's are amazing. I mean, we might have identity crisis like at least once a week, but I mean, we're still pretty cool, I would say. Yeah. And you're just who you are. Do you know what your human design is at all or do you not? No, I don't know what that is. Ooh, I will send you a link to look it up. It's really a good way to know how you implement your energy and how you should implement cool. your energy. Yeah. That I'm still cool. learning about it. I don't know. I would like, like to fun. know more about that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Cause I wonder if you're, cause I'm a manifesting generator so I can like do a bunch of things at once and still feel like really fired up. So I wonder if like yeah. you're a manifesting generator because like you do a bunch Maybe. of things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds good, but I would like to find out for sure. Yeah. But I'm going to send you sounds, the link. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, totally. And then how are you going to put love and care into yourself for the rest of the day? So I already worked out today. I did my run. So I'm just going to, I know that, what is it today? Like Cinco de Mayo, right? So I think me oh, and my yeah. Husband, yeah. So me and my husband were like, oh, we'll just, you know, be cliche and like do Taco Tuesday or something. So we're gonna like Ooh, cook that and fun, enjoy yeah. that. And I'm totally gonna play Animal Crossing and like have them do that too, which I oh, yeah. consider an act of self-love because I enjoy it. 
Oh yeah, totally. It doesn't have to be like journaling or exercising or anything else. Sometimes it's just like watching a movie because you really wanted to watch that movie and you want some downtime. Yeah. Animal Crossing is like an act of self-love for me. I find it very relaxing. So I love to play it. Oh, I'm really going to have to invest in that. (laughs) Oh my God. Such a good game. So worth it. (laughs) So what's a quote saying or piece of advice you want to leave the listeners with? Hmm. Let me ponder this for a minute because this is a good oh, yeah, one. Take I your wanna, time. I want to make sure it's good. I think it's like staying patient with yourself because the things that you're working towards, like anything worthwhile basically is not going to come very quickly. And don't get wrapped up in the hustle culture of social media where everyone's celebrating the big things and enjoy the little things while you're on your way to those big things. I love that. And that's really good for even like not just right now, and like, I can take that in pretty well. When I, I sent out emails today to like have more interviewees and I was like, I'm celebrating this because this is great. <laughs> it's like, yes, we got something done today. Yeah, Literally, so- I will celebrate. Like I answered all of my client messages today. Fantastic. Very happy about that. Yeah. Celebration. Mm-hmm. So was there all anything else you wanted to mention before we end today's episode? Hmm, I don't think so. We covered pretty much everything that I can imagine talking about, about my little life. <laughs> Okay. Love that. And then where can people find you? So my Instagram and my Twitter handles are both the same. It's at Amanda Setti, but there's two A's at the end of Amanda because apparently when I made all that, there was another Amanda Setti somewhere. And I also have a YouTube channel that's just Amanda Setti. Yeah. And those will all be linked in the show notes as well. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I had a ton of fun and I learned so much about you. And this episode is going to be really amazing to hear. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So I'm just going to say bye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, friends. All right, everyone. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed this episode. Today, this week, I challenge you all to embrace your body, embrace and accept who you are to the core, and possibly try a new workout or move your body in some way, you know, go for a long walk, do some Pilates, follow one of Amanda's IG story workouts, do something along the lines of moving your body and really accept your body and accept yourself for who you are, because I think that is so, so, so important. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram, the blog, Facebook, all of that is always linked in the show notes, as well as all of Amanda's socials. So go check her out. Go, you know, spam her. Don't actually spam her, but like go check her out. She posts some amazing content, especially on Twitter. She is so funny. I would absolutely love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast. It helps me get my message and my podcast episodes and the information I want to share with others out there. So it would mean so much to me if you just took a few minutes to rate and review the podcast. Again, I wanted to thank Amanda for being on the podcast. I'm so happy she said yes. I remember when she emailed me yes, I started jumping up and down. I was like so ecstatic about it. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being on my podcast. I learned so much and I know the audience took so much away from this episode. And with all of that being said, you know how it goes. I don't want to ramble on too much longer because I will ramble on a bit longer. I cannot wait to chat with all of you soon, and I will talk to you all next week in next week's episode. Bye, everyone.